Thanks for joining us, and welcome back to the Watchman on the Wall podcast. Periodically, we'll bring you true stories of angelic encounters, heavenly visitations, near-death experiences, as well as modern-day prophecies that are relevant to us today. When we come back, we'll begin our next episode. Welcome back to the Watchman on the Wall podcast. Today we're going to relook at some of Chris Reed's prophecies for 2023. As most of you know that have been listening to this podcast, earlier this year we had Chris Reed's 2023 and beyond prophecies, which he gave in late December of 2022. As many of you know, Chris Reed is one of the more accurate prophets out there. And I've noticed that some of the things that he talked about back then have not necessarily come true completely, but I've found that they are very much in the news. So today we're going to analyze some of the things that Chris Reed has said and take a look at some of the news articles that correspond with those prophecies. So here now is Chris Reed with his first prophecy. And I've shared some of this with some of my friends for some feedback. And I really believe I have the mind of the Lord for things uh, that are coming for 2023. Not all things, but the things the Lord chose to show me, I wanna share with you. So I'm gonna take you now to our vision conference, December 29th, 2022, right before I preached. And here are the prophecies uh, from me, from the Morningstar Ministries platform, December 29th, 2022, here you go. I believe in 2023, one of the m- major things that we're going to see be being made uh, a big to-do in our new cycles is how much Chinese and foreign money has influenced our politics and our elections. I saw an exposure of particularly Chinese money and bribery. And the beginning of this will be a major opening up of the exposure that will begin the downfall of the Biden administration. The Hunter Biden laptop case that was uh, suppressed before the 2020 election is about to be opened up. It's going to be an issue that will be in the news and it will take a centerfold place in the news and it will tremendously hurt his father's credibility and past claims. It will ultimately be the beginning, and I'm standing on this, what I said last year and what the Lord has shown me. This will hurt his father uh, to the point to where Biden will lose power and will be out of office before 2024 election. I'm standing on it. I'm not guessing at this. This isn't guesswork. These are things that I have seen. Joe Biden's health will continue to fail. And I do not wish him harm. I, I, I pray for him. I pray 
God will remove him a lot, but I also pray for him and for his salvation, for him to be a Saul of Tarsus, you know, becoming a Paul. But I think his health will be the reason, uh, claim for why he is taken out of power, but it will be convenient for the Democrats to not have him leading the ticket in 2024. And I have seen Kamala Harris being at the helm uh, but only for a short, short time. I'm talking weeks or months. Well, there you have it. I must put a disclaimer in here now that I have no idea whether this prophecy is going to come true or not, but it's our genre here on our podcast. So that's why I'm sharing it with all our listeners. Next, we're going to have a news broadcast that corresponds with this prophecy. Here now, New York Post columnist, Fox News contributor, and author of the book, Laptop from Hell, Miranda Devine. Miranda, I uh, heard you earlier. House Republicans have only had subpoena power for two months, and we already know four immediate members of the Biden family have received money. Hunter, Jim, Haley, and one unnamed Biden. It's astonishing. Who's the fourth unnamed Biden is the question so far. Hi, Dagan. Look, I think everyone wants that fourth person to be Joe Biden, but um, I don't know, but I would very much doubt that it is because uh, Joe Biden has been doing this sort of influence peddling scheme for four decades out of Delaware. He's very practiced at it. Um, as his brother Jim Biden told Tony Bobulinski, it's all about plausible deniability. So I doubt that there's any direct payment to Joe Biden that is going to be uncovered so easily, um, but it will be some other, obviously, some other family member whose surname is Biden. It's really extraordinary that the bank accepted uh, this wire with just one name. And the other thing we know from uh, James Comer and his uh, sleuthing on behalf of the Oversight Committee is that um, th these transactions were very unusual for Rob Walker, the Biden family friend and Hunter Biden business associate, because because um, he'd never had anything bigger than about $50,000 washed through that account of his. Uh, he, he's in Arkansas. Um, and suddenly he gets this $3 million payment from China and he's dispersing, you know, a million dollars here and a million dollars there in small increments. These are small payments over three months and in from February 2017 that he was uh, doling out to the Biden family. And so if it's all above board, you have to ask, why did the money go to the middleman, Rob Walker? Why did it get doled out in small amounts? Um, and if, as James Comer has said, if it was for legitimate uh, business, as Hunter Biden's lawyers claim it was just uh, good faith seed money for some business transaction, they've been able to find nothing that it was invested in, no business, nothing. The money just seemed to go up Hunter Biden's nose. So do you, do you find this to be odd, Miranda, that, that Hunter Biden is countersuing John Paul Mac Isaac? And when he does that, he's basically admitting the laptop is real. And that admission means that the big guy is real. And obviously that would be, we think, Joe Biden. 
submission. Well, I mean, look, Hunter, Bi Hunter Biden has... You're right, that's what it would seem to any logical person, but uh, Abby Lowell is one of the most expensive lawyers in the country and Hunter Biden seems to have unlimited funds to pay for his legal defence and legal offence, which is what he's up to at right. the moment. Um, and, and, you know, you see more than 150 times in, in that countersuit uh, to John Paul MacIsaac's um, defamation action um, that Hunter Biden just can't remember. I mean, it's the crack addict defence. He has no evidence or no knowledge or memory of, of any of these allegations. So I think we're going to see that. It's, it's a very strange legal defence. You know, you, you're saying that it's your laptop and yet you can't remember that it's your laptop. Your, your privacy was invaded, yet you can't remember that it's your information that's been let out. Very strange. Very strange. Miranda, please come back very soon. There's enough already for you Thanks, to write Stephen. a second book on this laptop. Yeah, it's going to sure. be a multi-volume. <laughs> I'm thinking like LBJ, <laughs> Robert Carroll. That's just about the laptop. Thank you so much. Thanks, Miranda. Miranda. Yeah. That last clip came from Fox News. Now this next prophecy from Chris Reed has to do with Trump versus DeSantis. I did see in a vision that Donald Trump and, and Ron DeSantis will battle it out in the Republican primary. Unfortunately, and I say this as a conservative, but I do not prophesy these things as a conservative or a Republican or certainly not a liberal or a Democrat. I don't even prophesy these things as an American. I try to share all of this completely uh, independent from bias, confirmation bias, or my own personal desire, okay? But this nasty battle between DeSantis and Trump that will unfold uh, in the primaries, and it will be as if Trump will say that DeSantis is not being loyal to Trump because, this is what I saw, that he, he feels betrayed that DeSantis is not bowing out so that he can have another run at it, Trump, I'm, I'm saying. And how this will turn around is there will, there will be some kind of evidence that will come out when it looks like DeSantis is creeping ahead that at the time will be used against him. And I saw a news headline and it was called the Ronald and Donald battle. Okay, and dirt will be uh, used against DeSantis, even though I do believe he, Ron DeSantis, will be a, a leader in Washington, D.C. I believe he will be a future president of the United States. But I saw a woman of color, okay, come along, um, which, by the way, I, I predicted this last year, and I don't know her ethnicity, but that's not as relevant as the fact that she will be a, a woman of color. And I saw the word she will carry, she will carry Trump to the top of the ticket. Okay. So you take that for what you want. Uh, she will carry Trump to the top of the ticket this time. And she will help restore any credibility to him uh, to what has been lost to any credibility with him, with voters, with all of this mess that's went on the last 
couple of years. And this woman of color that will help him, aid him, come alongside him, will help bring to light corruption in the current uh, V-O-T-I-N-G, for social media purposes, um, dynamics. She will help vindicate his claims somehow. I find it quite uh, fascinating that uh, Chris predicts a woman of color to be Trump's running mate. So we'll just have to see on that. But here's a clip from Fox News on the Trump-DeSantis feud, if you can call it that. And speaking of MAGA world, President Trump is on the campaign trail, but it seems like his mind is still very much stuck in Florida. During the speech in Iowa Monday, the former president mocked his potential 2024 rival, Governor Ron DeSantis. Watch. Ron DeSantis strongly opposed ethanol. Do you know that? And we don't even know if he's running, but I might as well tell you. If he's not running, I'll say he was fine on ethanol. Don't worry about it. And to be honest with you, Ron reminds me a lot of Mitt Romney. So I don't think you're going to be doing so well here, but we're going to find out. We're going to find out Mitt Romney. Of course, DeSantis hasn't announced a campaign yet, even though he was also in Iowa last week. That's so weird. You guys go here? And a new CNN poll of Republican voters has Trump and DeSantis neck and neck. We'll be right back with more after this. Hello again. This is The Watchman. Please join us each week for an exciting and inspirational podcast dealing with angel encounters, heavenly visitations, near-death experiences, as well as modern-day prophecies that are relevant to us today. So tune in each week and share it with your friends. After all, they could use a little inspiration in their life, too. That's the Watchman on the Wall podcast, and now you can find us on YouTube. Welcome back. Next, we have Chris Reed prophesying about Israel bombing a nuclear facility in Iran. Here's that prophecy. I saw a sudden airstrike from Israel against Iran, and the target will be a nuclear developing facility in Iran, and I believe what I saw in vision, it was the Boucher nuclear plant in Iran that was suddenly hit by Israel's military because of the enrichment and the development of uh, nuclear weapons. Now here's a recent news broadcast of that same topic. Well, a U.S. official confirmed today that Israel appears to be behind an overnight drone attack on a military factory in Iran. Three bomb-carrying drones attacked that facility in central Iran. And we want to show you some eyewitness video purports to show the moment of the explosion. Iran says no one was hurt. They claim to have intercepted two other drones. I do want to welcome in founder and executive director of the National Security Institute, Jamil Jaffer. Jamil, it's good to see you again. Thanks for having me, Natasha. And Jamil, Tehran is calling this a cowardly attack. Uh, also, quote, such actions will not impact our experts' determination to progress in our peaceful nuclear work. First of all, do you buy that Iran's nuclear progress is peaceful? 
Well, absolutely not. If they were engaged in a peaceful nuclear program, they would have agreed to uh, contain their uranium stockpiles. They would have agreed to not use it for military purposes and be allowing inspectors to come and inspect all their facilities, including facilities previously used for military activity. We know that Iran has made efforts to, to create a nuclear device, uh, to create the kind of uh, rockets uh, that can carry nuclear devices. So this idea somehow that their nuclear program is purely civilian uh, is just malarkey. Israel has said in the past that it is willing to strike targets in Iran if diplomacy fails to curb that nuclear program. Is it likely that's what we're seeing in this overnight strike? Well, you know that we've seen a number of strikes uh, inside of Iran. We've seen mysterious at various facilities. We've seen Iranian nuclear scientists uh, uh, killed. Um, it's no surprise that this is taking place. Uh, Iran refused to comply with the nuclear deal that it entered into. It hasn't come back to the table and negotiated effectively. Um, and it hasn't constrained its own uh, activities across the region where it's stoking uh, terrorism and the like, uh, attacking our allies in Saudi Arabia, our friends in Israel as well. Uh, this is a real problem, and the Iranians continue to engage in bad behavior, including as recently as just this past month, plotting uh, against a, a journalist here in the United States to kill that person. So the Iranians are engaged in all sorts of bad behavior. It's no surprise that our allies are taking matters into their own hands. Natasha. If they are engaging in bad behavior, and you did mention that hit on a U.S. journalist as well here in the U.S., um, what does the United States need to do? Do we need to take a stronger stance against Iran? Are they receiving the message? Well, clearly they're not receiving the message because they continue to engage in this kind of behavior. We've got to up our sanctions dramatically. We can go back to the maximum pressure sanctions campaign that the prior administration had in place. And then we need to go beyond that. We need to make clear to Iran that every time they undertake these kind of activities, whether it's plotting against a journalist in the United States, attacking our friends in Israel, attacking our friends in Saudi Arabia, we will strike back and we will not allow this to continue. Uh, the Iranians are not today cowed by us, and we need to make sure that they understand that we will respond in kind as need be. And this is happening, meanwhile, as tensions between Iran and the West as a whole are increasing. Ukraine, of course, accusing Iran of giving hundreds of drones at this point to Russia, used in attacks on civilians. And I actually want to pull up, if we can, a tweet from a Ukrainian politician. Uh, at the end of that tweet, he says, explosive night in Iran did warn you. What do you make of this connection? Well, look, it's clear that the Iranians are supporting the Russian efforts in Ukraine. They've provided suicide drones uh, to the Russians. They've, been, they've had military officers on the ground in Russia, train, sorry, in Ukraine, training Russian soldiers. So it's, you know, I think the Ukrainians are making the point, look, you continue to do this to us. We will work with our allies and partners to respond in kind to you. That's more what the U U.S. needs to be doing, bringing our coalition together and making clear to the Iranians we will not stand by and allow this to continue to happen. All right. National security expert Jamil Jaffer, thank you so much for your time. That report came from News Nation just weeks ago. This next prophecy has to do with energy, which apparently he saw over a year ago. I also said this last year, right here, at the same time, I'm saying it again. New energy sources are emerging. A new development and energy source that will emerge and not be stopped by big energy. Hear me, environmentalism was never meant to be hijacked by the government or by the left, but the caretaker of God's earth was the church's job, God's people's job. So the church will have a new role in caring for the earth again. I'm not talking about radical left-wing environmentalism here. You understand that, right? Uh, but I believe we're supposed to be caretakers of God's earth. Now here's a recent story on Fox Business Channel.
on that same topic. We are one step closer to unlimited power. Scientists from California's Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory set to announce a major breakthrough in so-called fusion energy. In other words, it's a BFD. Fusion energy does not emit any carbon, does not produce any radioactive waste. So what does that mean for the you and the me? Joining me in studio, astrophysicist at the American Museum of Natural History. He's the author of Starry Messenger, Cosmic Perspectives on Civilization, a phenomenal book, a wonderful man. Neil deGrasse Tyson returns. Thanks for having me back. Oh, yeah. This is this is so exciting. I mean, I love your book. We did a wonderful podcast about it. Yes, we did. And uh, you, you illuminated some of the more interesting aspects of your life and culture and your view on such from a, a global perspective, galactic perspective. But now... A cosmic perspective. Absolutely right. Uh-huh. But we may be able to harness the power of at least our star. So what does this fusion discovery means many people when they think of nuclear energy they think of nuclear fission Mm -hmm. which was the energy source in the two bombs used in the second world war very quickly after that we magnified the energy of those bombs by creating a whole other kind of bomb which came to be known as hydrogen bombs Mm -hmm. the hydrogen bombs don't have the radioactive baggage that fission bombs do hydrogen bombs are fusion so fission let's back up fission you take a big atom break it and you weigh those two atoms, and they weigh less than what you started with. Where did the mass go? E equals mc squared. The mass went to energy. You can do the same thing, but coming from the other direction. You take a very light atom, hydrogen, fuse it together with another hydrogen atom, and you get helium. And your product has less mass than you started with. Once again, you get energy. But you don't have all of the byproducts. We've been, we, we've, we can, we've made fusion for 60 years. The problem was... We don't have controlled fusion. And when we don't have controlled fusion, it's called a bomb. But when you control it, then you can, you can throttle it, you can valve it, you can put it where you need to and how you want to use it. And, and so uh, right at this moment, I don't think people know for sure what the announcement will be. Mm-hmm. But if the Secretary of Energy is giving the press conference, everyone, I think, is thinking that we finally can get out more energy than we put in, and that is the... Oh, and, and that has been the key, because for so key. long we've been trying for decades... It's been the holy grail, and I thought we would have reached that in the 80s, yes. but then we didn't. Maybe it's because peace broke out in Europe, and people took less interest in what, the, what physicists could do. Yes, and, and we had a different type of nuclear energy for quite some time. Well, that's right, that's right. No, but there was, there was physics labs still working on this. Here's the problem. In order to have fusion, you need very hot plasma, which is like an ionized gas. So hot that it can't touch anything that might contain it. If I give you plasma and put it in a suitcase, the suitcase would vaporize. Mm. So one of the great problems is the containment of such very high temperature gas. And because the gas is like ionized, which means there are free electrons moving around, you can contain it in a magnetic vessel, Mm. a magnetic bottle, a magnetic shape, so that it tries to escape it, but it can't because it's charged and it repels the magnetic field. These are the challenges that the physicists faced for decades. All right, so let's say we've, we've overcome some of those challenges and finally created more energy than we put into the experiment. That's it. So you, when do we get you, fusion stations? You when do I get to plug my okay, car so in now, the fusionorium? So now it's up to the engineers. Okay. Once we get the physics figured out, 
which it seems like we have, then the engineers say, can I make that smaller? Can I make it portable? Would it fit in a car? Or is it only the size that would, might power a city? There are places that don't have access to energy, yeah. either oil or even sunlight, for example, and so or or tidal or any, or hydro. So uh, this would be transformative to civilization, and I, I see it akin to uh, the transition from horses to automobiles, yes. which happened in a matter of couple of years because we got the physics figured out for engines and internal combustion engines. And when that happened, you couldn't give away a horse, yet we were riding horses for thousands of years building civilization literally and figuratively on its back. So when I, my analogy to that is we've been digging fossil fuels out of the ground for, for 150 years. How long will it take to heal the planet from any harm that we have done to ourselves yeah because yeah here we are like carbon emissions harming have. a planet that itself was trying to sustain us yeah. that's not that that is not a uh, that's not a by doing that you've you, you've sown the seeds of your own extinction mm -hmm. and so uh so how well the planet will heal slowly yes. a lot of the carbon is up took into the oceans. Mm -hmm. So if you start dropping the carbon in the atmosphere, the oceans will equilibrate with that. So it'll take time. But n now is better than any time later than now. So, oh yeah, I'm, I'm giddy. I can't wait. This. I can't wait for my, my fusion engine. It's a pivot. It's a pivot yeah, in civilization. I'm sick of all these gassy dictators <laughs> running things and ruining people's lives. Right. I, I want the, I, I don't mind a level playing field because yeah. I know that, that beautiful innovations in capitalism will follow when people have the energy. Yes, of course. And I, there's, a whole, there's a whole chapter in that book on uh, exploration and discovery yes. where I chronicle the pace of discovery that you don't see coming no. came over here and over there. There's and also a great chapter on hair removal, which you don't see coming. <laughs> it is in there. It is a gift from the cosmos. I do talk Sorry. about you that. You do. Sorry, oh Messenger. Gosh. Neil deGrasse Tyson, thank yeah. you so much for coming by. Thanks for having Always me. Always good to talk to you. Love your passion. Now, these are just some of the prophecies that I see that are starting to come true now from Chris Reed. But I encourage you to go back and look at that podcast we did back in early January on his late December prophecies for 2023. I think you'll find it very fascinating and you'll probably want to hang on to that podcast so you can refer back to it from time to time. Hello again, this is The Watchman. Please join us on our new video channel called Encounters from Beyond the Veil. It's the same exciting content as our audio podcast, but in a shorter, but yet a video format. Also, please subscribe so you won't miss any of our episodes. That's Encounters from Beyond the Veil, exclusively found on YouTube. Well, thanks again for listening, and if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends. Any comments or suggestions you may have you can send to the Watchman on the Wall 2020 at gmail.com. We encourage you to subscribe so you'll always be notified of our future episodes. Well, thanks again, and we'll see you next time on the Watchman on the Wall podcast.